This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Today on the Ohana Enquirer podcast, we get away from the football, which obviously has been red hot on the recruiting trail, and we focus on basketball. We focus on some of the good things about Illinois basketball's upcoming 2023-24 roster, but we also address, yes, those point guard concerns. Is the roster completely set? What does that mean for the point guard position? Is Jeremiah Williams going to be a part of that? What's Ty Rogers' role? How important is he? Dre Gibbs Lawhorn. Is Illinois going to rely on the freshman more than we initially expected? Derek Piper is going to join us to break that all down. We dive into the Illinois basketball roster, which is looking more and more set by the day. There are some things to like, and we dive into those, but there's also that concern that many of you are voicing, understandably so. So we're going to dive all into that with Derek Piper on Illinois basketball. We're also going to talk about this uh, this thing. Uh, it's called prep recruiting. Um, not as big of a deal anymore. It's kind of different. And usually in the summer, we're talking about, hey, this this high school target's a must-get for Illinois. Uh, we're not talking about that as much in the transfer portal age. And I talked to Derek Piper about that and some 2024 and 2025 targets that you should know heading into a big summer of Illinois basketball staff being on the recruiting trail. So sit back, relax. It's Derek Piper and Illinois basketball next on the Online Enquirer podcast. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own look to your left look to your right it's official no one's got a ride like this there's nothing else that sounds like feels like or looks like the set of wheels in your garage with over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. All right, Derek Piper, Illini Inquirer. It is time for our weekly chat, Derek. And uh, 
I've been focused on football, but man, I go on the message boards and I see some heated conversation about Illinois' point guard situation. Isaac Trotter, our guy, 24-7 sports, weighed in on it. Thought it was really well done. We talked about it on the podcast last week with Isaac Trotter. So we will dive into the point guard conversation. We'll dive into workouts starting for Illinois, who's there, who's not quite yet. And then we'll dive into this, uh, this old school thing called prep recruiting that we will talk about because it kind of this used to be the big thing nowadays but uh it's not so much anymore but Derek how you been the last couple weeks man I'm doing pretty good uh we're not talking Ray J Dennis so that's been a refreshing thing in my life we've kind of let that go in the past well I mean the message board's still bringing it up a little bit but uh we have pretty good clarity for the most part on the roster so that's that's been nice um and yeah uh, prep recruiting and that used to be a thing used to know like five to maybe even 10 sometimes top targets and things would boil down and we'd have big visits. Not to say we won't see some guys on campus as you go through June. I think that's going to happen uh, any summer that we go through, but it's, it's been slower developing on 24 and we'll get into all of that. So uh, actually going to see some high school guys this weekend going up to Chicago for the Riverside Brookfield shootout. It's always one of my favorite events really well run up there in Chicago and, and you get all the, all the top Chicago teams, Simeon, Whitney Young, on down the line. You know, you can bring Kate up, walk across the street, go to the zoo for a little bit, make make a weekend out of it, Piper. That's not a that's not a bad idea. I mean, it's Father's Day weekend too, so I mean that that's actually not a bad idea. Yeah, my wife was asking me what I want to do for Father's Day weekend. I had no idea, but uh, yeah, maybe going to see some high school basketball games. That's what I should do. Just get away by myself for a little bit. There you go. Some good players there. Yeah, definitely some good players. We'll talk about that here in a second. But Derek, let's, let's bring this question up first. Uh, we see our scholarship chart is full of 13 scholarships. Is Illinois done? To be determined. <laughs> and there's a lot of layers to that and things working within it. Uh, you add Jeremiah Williams, who's the last spot. That's the last scholarship spot. You have 13, like you mentioned. He has not been formally announced by Illinois. I think that is interesting because we've had when Justin Harmon, when Marcus Domask and Quincy Garrier end up committing, it's within a week. Usually you get assigned financial tender and they're announced. So I think that with Jeremiah, you have a number of questions. We talked about the the waiver situation. He's going to have to get one to be immediately eligible. you got the Achilles issue, him coming off of that. I know that he's been able to do some things on the court, at least non-contact, light workout type of stuff. So uh, you look at the 10-month window in terms of recovery, had the, the injury back in October, maybe August, even if you're you're being a little bit more cautious, sometime in this the fall, maybe is, if things are on track, he'd be cleared. But uh, the fact that he has not been announced, it just seems to be more and more of a clouded picture around him. And I've I've been hearing stuff in terms of, you know, we're not relying on him to be our fix-it point guard. Some people even told me they don't expect him to play this year for Illinois. So uh, that's yet to play out. I know that uh, Justin Harmon's not on campus either. Quincy Garrier's not on campus yet. Both guys still have academic work to complete before they can graduate and then be able to show up. Uh, Quincy, no real issues there in terms of my knowledge that he's fully expected to show up. Justin seems to have a little bit more of a of a hurdle to to get here. Not saying it's it's out of the the question, but. Um, that's maybe a little bit more up in the air as we're here in mid-June. So uh, if if that wasn't to work out or something with Jeremiah were to fall through, then you have a spot open. Otherwise, you're full on scholarships. And we can talk Antonio Reeves, too, because that's another part of this equation that has been a wild one for the on the national 
uh, buzz in terms of what that thing looks like. A, a guy that's on Kentucky's roster, taking classes at Illinois State, might transfer, might not. That's been a wild one. Yeah, so let's bring up this point guard situation. If you want to be a Big Ten contender, Derek, this is a this is a murky situation. This is, as, as Trotter said, iffy. It's one of the iffiest point guard situation among the high major programs. Not to say they don't have options. There's there's plenty of options that, but they're just unproven options at this point. But I do think we have to discuss the nuance of this, which I, I know some people don't like diving into nuance on the internet. But this was still a pretty dang good offseason for Illinois basketball, mostly because you got Terrence Shannon and Coleman Hawkins back, who will be two of the best players in the Big Ten. Marcus Domask and Quincy Guerriere are really, really good additions. And you got Dane Danger, Ty Rogers, Sincere Harris, and Luke Goody back. Like that is a strong roster, especially from the two through five positions. But I do think this point guard situation has capped what you potentially could do this season unless a Ty Rogers becomes a great option or unless Sincere Harris and Justin Harmon can be really, you know, solid duo for you that, that can give you a solid pairing at that position. So I want to get your opinion of it. Like, what do you make of this point guard situation for Illinois basketball? It's shaky. It was shaky going into the offseason. It's still shaky. Not to say that some things like you mentioned can't fall your way and that Ty with his development, I know that's something that's going to be as big as any key this offseason of trying to get him to play more of a defined role. And I, I think that Ty now can focus on one position and that, and that probably not to say he's not going to still play off the ball and, mix around a little bit but as of right now it's, it sounds like especially with the questions around Jeremiah Williams that he's probably your primary point guard option at this point in time so getting him acclimated to that can he be someone that can really distribute and and just be a ball handler that's going to get pressured on the ball against some really good defenders and, and make make uh, his way into that role because you're going to you're going to see guys play off of you with his lack of shooting uh, and he's, he's he's played on the ball, a decent amount of facilitator throughout his career. Like in high school, uh, Thornton, he was their point guard his last year in high school. Uh, USA Basketball facilitated really well in that type of a role. Not saying he was a every possession type ball in his hands guy, but uh, I do like Ty as a point guard option. Personally, I think it, and I think everybody out there is, is of the same thinking that as an option is maybe your, your secondary guy to come in for, 10 to 15 minutes a game in that position. If you have a, another point guard, you feel pretty good about point guard. Whether that would be Reggie Dennis. I know it didn't happen, but Paul Mulcahy's out there. I know I understand why you might have some questions of, but you want to stay in the Big Ten. We want to go back to the rack and play against Rutgers in Atlanta uniform. But if you had Paul Mulcahy at the one and tied as your second one, I'd feel really good about that spot. Um, Dre Gibbs Lawhorn, I know freshman, talented guy, talent, really, really talented dude. Uh, but he's going to come with some of the same questions as, as Jaden Epps. Is kind of a guy that's wired to score first. Can he facilitate and, and just get over that learning curve that is there for freshman guards? So uh, I think bottom line for me is that I think fans should be frustrated because, not, number one, I think it's going to be a good team. But fans should be frustrated because it could be the hole that prevents you from getting where this program needs to go, which is the second weekend and beyond. Right. I, I understand why people are really mad about that because it's almost like I think about the 2018 Bears. Like you had an elite defense, you had some good weapons on offense. You just didn't have a quarterback. Yeah. So if that's what holds you back, the the staff deserves big blame for that. And I think that's one thing that people are afraid of. Yeah, my my whole thing, Derek, is I think the staff deserves credit for being able to retain some of these guys. Um, but 
they kind of went into this offseason targeting point guard as their biggest need. And now you can't say that, oh, we're good at point guard. Uh, like so that, that's my problem. It's like you did everything else really well, but there's this hole there. It's like, hey, you had a great offseason of baseball, but you didn't get your ace starting pitcher. That is obviously the number one need for your team. So I, I think if that's where you're at as a fan, I think that is completely, completely fair because the expectation is now higher. And, and Illinois, Brad Underwood have some pressure on them after the NCAA tournament failures. I think they're going to be one of the best teams in the Big Ten again. I do think they're going to be one of the top five, top seven teams in the Big Ten based on the roster he's put together. But now there's another step everybody wants to take, including Illinois. And the questions at point guard now put pressure on them to have Ty Rogers or Dre Gibbs Lawhorn or I don't think Nicolo Moretti, it's fair to put him in that conversation. Uh, but if, if Jeremiah Williams is healthy and eligible or Justin Harmon is, is here, like those things, like they need that all to work. Uh, and can you do it by committee? I just feel like it's a it's a guards game once you get in the NCAA tournament and you know, the guards didn't play well enough in 2021. Uh, the guards didn't play well enough in 21-22 and you just didn't have the right options. You know, Jaden Epps was hurt uh, late. He was a freshman. Just didn't have the right options, and it feels like that could happen again. That this team, despite its talent upgrades, maybe its experience upgrades elsewhere, you need those things to be a lot better because you still have that hole uh, at point guard. I do want to say this though, Derek. The one thing I am excited about as a Ty Rogers fan is that Ty Rogers is going to be a huge part of this team. Like I, I, I think when he's on the floor, you are a better team. My big question is, and I'm, I'm happy he's going to get probably 20 plus minutes. I'm happy that. I don't think it's going to be a question of whether he got enough playing time as a sophomore, because uh, I think he's a piece you want to build around and keep in your program. My question is, can all these other pieces shoot well enough? Uh, can they shoot well enough? Cause he's not a shooter. Um, so it, can you play him in danger together? Can you play him danger and sincere Harris together? That that's a big question for me, but you need Shannon. You need to mask. You need Gary You need Goody to be really good shooters. Cause I do think Ty Rogers we showed saw late in the year, can bully ball people. He can booty ball people. And I do think that's going to be interesting, but he doesn't shoot like Jalen Pickett. Right. Yeah. Jalen in his last year at Penn state was pretty close around 40%. And I know that he was able to in the mid range to be someone that hurts you. And, and to this point, Ty, not effective as a scorer outside of the paint. I do. I really liked his ball screen stuff late in the year. Like he was able to get wherever he wanted to go, get to the rim was physical. Like you said, being able to knock guys uh, on his way to the basket. Can he get that left hand? We've, we've talked about that a, a decent amount in recent months. Can he have that left hand finish to really become a, a more effective guy around the basket in terms of upping his finishing percentage at the rim? But I'm all for more Ty Rogers minutes. I think it's great for you defensively. I do think he's has another level to unlock uh, in terms of a passer. Like we didn't see all that he's capable of in terms of the playmaking last year. So uh, I like that about him. I think it's just going to be interesting because it, it goes from – I know Trotter wrote it. I think that he had, what, 17 ball screen or 20 ball screen opportunities last year to then just throwing it all at him if he is going to be your primary guy in that spot. And how does he respond to that? So uh, I, I think you can also not necessarily discount the the idea that, look, last year they went in knowing that they didn't have maybe a traditional playmaking point guard, just had some risks there with, with Sky's injury and Jaden. Like, oh, well, we'll just – kind of be like the Celtics. We'll run our stuff through our wings. We'll be able to mm -hmm. have Terrence and Matt and, and Coleman be able to initiate offense. Now, the structure within that and the limitations of those certain players didn't play out very well. There, there's a number of different ways to dissect this, but 
I think, I mean, Damas is a really good passer. Yeah. I think that that helps you in that dynamic. I think that Terrence has grown as an off the dribble guy since he got here. And yeah, the shooting around it is really going to be able to, I mean, if you go from being one of the worst shooting teams in D1 last year to at least a mid-level three-point shooting team this year, you're going to win a handful of more games and, and be more dangerous. So there's that dynamic too. Uh, I think also with Brad is the offensive system. I mean, can you make, I think you can make up for some of the lack of a ball screen, heavy, put the ball in the hands type of point guard every time if you can run some good sets. I mean, UConn, I know that I've heard some buzz around. They're like, oh, you know, who was UConn around the uh, line circles? It's like, who was UConn's point guard last year? Uh, you know, Tristan Newton was a more of a big guard. Andre Jackson kind of in a Ty Rogers mold. But you know what UConn did? They ran like a set every time in the half court. They had, they had a ton of shooting and one of the most dominant big guys in the country. So there, there's a little bit of a difference there. But yeah, and let's, be to get guys going. let's be honest. Do we trust Brad Underwood with his scheme compared to like Matt Painter? Not yet. Not because right. we, we've gone into these seasons where he has to scrap everything mid-season, like last year. Heck, the Io Kofi, they're a number one seed. They had to scrap it. Like that's why I think this offseason and workout starting right now, Derek, is so important. Of, and that's where Gary Air not being here yet, Harmon not being here yet, Jeremiah Williams not being like that's that's a little bit of a concern. Even though it's nice that they have the European trip coming up in August or where they're going to Spain, get 10 extra practices there. You get games. I think it's going to be really important for this team, but also really important for Brad Underwood to nail it this offseason when it comes to playing the right systems because it feels like a lot of lost opportunity, time opportunity, uh, when they've been practicing something else, five out all of last year, and then all of a sudden they got to scrap it to go to the spread. 100%. Yeah, he's got to nail that. He's got to be able to make a decision, too, on, on really what he wants to do. Now, you're, you're trying to fit. I'll give him credit for doing what it takes to fit the roster. Now, it's just yes. been, it's been, been a little. Stubborn. He hasn't been stubborn midseason, right? Like, that's good. Correct. But two midseason shifts, both the year 2020 or 2019-20, the breakout year where they went from spread to ball screen with Io, and then last year to go from five out back to spread and, and some uh, just getting away from – uh, too much freelancing and five out this year. I'll be interested. I mean, a full off season of repping spread, I think gives you more of a, of an ability to be more dynamic in it, have more, more reads, more counters, more cohesion as a, as a roster. If they practice the spread throughout the entire summer last year, you're, you're trying to install it in December. And that's, that's really difficult for a, a scheme that is all about rhythm and, and cohesion and everything. I, I do think there's some limitation to it. I, I don't know if this is a, a great comp, but like it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the wing tee in football. I, I think if you do it really well and you got guys that, that fit it, it can work. But if you put it in the – we don't see the wing tee in the Big Ten. I, I think that there is some – if you have a, a Reggie Bush, do you want him as the as the pitch guy? Why don't you just uh, maybe do more of a pro style? It's not a pro style offense. Right. I think there is some there's some predictability to it. Uh, like I said, you do need those counters and, and some of that stuff within it to – to really make it hard to guard and and more shooting too, but uh, I think that there's that's an interesting standpoint. More set actions. Uh, I mean, Purdue runs a ton of sets. A lot of other teams out there run a ton of half court sets to to create movement and flow. There was just too much stagnation, too much uh, of a of an offense that was being ran fit twenty five feet away from the basket and a lot of guys standing around. So you need you need to fix that. Can I talk about one upside of this roster, Derek? If you do have, like, even a Jeremiah Williams or if, if Ty Rogers is there, this should be really good. 
defensively. This team should be really, really good defensively. As you look up and down, like the length, the physicality, uh, the versatility of this roster, like my expectation, like this team was not good defensively at the end of last year. Um, you know, especially league guards. We saw what Tony Perkins was able to do to Illinois. We saw what some of those Arkansas guys were able to do to Illinois. But like, I just, this, my expectation for this team is to be a top three defense in the Big Ten. And, and that's where I think sometimes we, we do get focused on the offense and understandably so. In the NCAA tournament, you got to go get buckets. But I, I just think from a, a game to game in the Big Ten, like I, I do think this team should have a pretty high floor. Uh, based on what it does defensively. I know that's not the sexy thing to talk about, but it is important. I mean, we've covered a lot of teams uh, in the Big Ten, and, and defense usually gets you a pretty pretty high finish in the, in the conference. Yeah, great defense helps you be consistent. It, it will be able to heighten that floor for sure. And I, I think this team has a, a pretty good upside in terms of that end. I mean, Ty playing more minutes at point guard is going to be someone that can hound people. I, I do wonder, you know, if he's guarding like a – a Tyson Walker, Jameer Young, is he quick enough to be able to stay in front of those if he's going to be able to to handle that Abu Bui type? Um, of course, you still have Sincere Harris. You, you have uh, Justin Harmon, who's thought to be a good defender as well. And then, of course, Terrence, good size, physicality, Coleman with his versatility and, and the fact that he can pretty much guard anybody. Uh, but you're right. I mean, la- last year, some of these familiar names, they had Terrence, they, they had Coleman, they had a, a number of these other guys. Uh Jamison Battle went for 30. Tony Perkins, Jalen Pickett. I mean, the, the long – Kobe Brown, the long list of guys that had career days against Illinois was far too long. So um, there's going to have to be a little bit more of a, a consistency. Uh, I think defensive rebounding has to be better. That was something that, you know, in a post-Kofi world hasn't been as effective. you got to be able to keep teams off the glass. Uh, and and I, I think a guy like Gary A helps you because he's a pretty good rebounder. He's physical. They're playing him at the four, small ball five. Uh, that's something that he can do. Uh, so, and just an older team. An older team makes fewer defensive mistakes. They, they're more physically mature. They understand actions their teams are going to run. They don't get caught up in and screens as much. I, I think older teams are more solid at that end. So, while you got some some guys like Coleman that just naturally are are good defenders and Ty as well, sincere as well, just an older group should help you as a as a team defense as well. Yeah. So, so just to recap. Like we believe point guard is is a big concern for Illinois in, in reaching its ceiling. So I'm trying to think, like we haven't been able to talk with Brad Underwood yet since all of this stuff has gone down. But to overcome that, Derek, they have to be a way better three-point shooting team, right? And they've added better three-point shooting with Gary Air Domask and having a full season of Luke Goody should help. They should be better just consistently defensively and probably with turnovers and just decision-making overall based on them getting older. They should be a good defensive team, which they were for most of last year, and it's a big reason they finished uh, as high as they did in the Big Ten and, and got to the NCAA tournament. Um, but they also still have some youth. They still have some youth, but I guess that's what Brad Underwood would talk about right? If he's discussing this or whenever he does discuss it, what do you expect him to say? Some of those things? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. The fact that, I mean, they got at the start, they got two NBA guys back, two guys projected NBA second round to really be your leaders and, and guys that you are able to rely on. And, and they, they played a lot of basketball in the big or in high major. You got Terrence, obviously some big 12, but, uh, and then you, you bring in a lot of experience. You get Gary, a, you get uh, Domas, you get Harmon, 
this is an old team, experienced team. It should be more consistent in general. It should be a better three-point shooting team because of Domas, because of Gary A, because of Goody being available. Uh, and you you would think that Coleman – I mean, it's now or never for Coleman to really take that next step as a three-point shooter. If yeah. he does that, even just a, an average 33 to 35 type of three-point guy, I mean, he could really help himself and help this team uh, from beyond the arc as, as well. So uh, I think that that's a good thing to look at. I mean, Dre Gibbs-Lawhorn shot the three very well at overtime elite. I mean, it was like – 39% on like seven threes a game uh, overtime elite circuit. So he's a guy that can shoot it as well. I think he, I think Brad will talk a lot about Dre. Uh, I, I've heard from people around the program. Uh, Gibbs Lawhorn showed up about a month ago. So he was here early. They say, they say he's just naturally talented as about anybody on that roster. He's an X factor. Like I think our expectations are a little lower based on what happened last year. But he is talented. Like he's he explosive, is. as you said. He can shoot the ball. Probably not a true point guard, but they could use a combo guard if, they, if especially if they have Ty running most of their point, or even if they have Jeremiah Williams. Like going to have a scoring guard is something that made us so excited about Jaden Epps in those spurts, especially in what February and uh, January when he started really raising his game after Sky Clark left. So um, I, I don't want to set too high expectations, but he is exciting. Oh, 100 percent. I think the I think people's memory of Jaden Epps is a little jaded too. Jaden Epps was a pretty good player for you for a good stretch of last season. If you have Jaden Epps on this team, Derek, you feel great. Like I, it, I know Jaden Epps had his issues last year. Like, listen, I, I didn't like some of the body language late in the season, so that wasn't a surprise when he transferred, right? But on the court, like he showed some things defensively at times that was like, okay, this kid could be really good. But I was so excited about what he showed. I mean, remember Iowa. I mean, what he was doing in that Iowa game in the second half was special. Like that was, that was a dog as, as people yeah. like to say, and he wasn't scared. Um, and, and I think he's going to be a really good player at Georgetown. Now, now maybe they needed to go their separate ways, but I don't think that was a, a good long-term thing for Illinois. Now maybe Gibbs Allhorn can be that, but I would like to have both Jaden Epps and Gibbs Allhorn on my team. So yeah, I, I think he was, he was, a, he was a loss whether they want to spin it one way or another. Like I think Jaden Epps is going to be a really good college player. Yeah, I, I fully agree with that. We'll see if he can really develop into a, a pretty darn good playmaker, a guy that sees the floor and makes other people better. But last year, I mean, he was that solid double-figure scorer for a big chunk of that season prior to uh, getting injured. And I, I know the three-point shooting really fell off towards the end of last season, which is not really all that uncommon for freshmen in the Big Ten. You got a lot of guys that – uh, hit Big Ten play and they struggle from three, but uh, yeah, not addressing the point guard position as as much as you would have hoped to makes the Jaden Epps loss even bigger. But I do think that Gibbs Lawhorn has a similar way about him and that he's a pure scorer who is a combo guard that can play on the ball some. Might still have some of the limitations that Jaden had last year, but I mean to to comment like finally on Epps. If you had Epps and then like Ty Rogers and Gibbs Lawhorn as your point guard options, I feel a lot better. Yeah about where you are uh, there versus now. But yeah, Dre is, is someone that athletically, I think defensively he can be very good if he buys in enough there and just kind of learns where to be and everything. Because athletically, there, are, there aren't a lot of limitations where it comes to him. Uh, I know in EYBL play and, and some of the stuff I've seen from him in the past, he's he's been a guy that can get out and you know steals, transition game, uh, and he does shoot the three. He's been kind of a streaky guy. Like when he's on, he's really hot. Uh, when he's not, it, it can be a little bit more of a roller coaster. Again, that's that's a similar line we were saying about Jaden Epps yep. last offseason, too. So uh, he's more athletic. He's more bouncy. Jaden more strong in terms of contact and everything. But 
People are excited to see Dre and they should be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. All right, Derek, let's flip to prep recruits. Uh, as Dre Gibbs Horn was one of those. Uh, Imani Hansberry, a guy Illinois is really excited about as well. Uh, 2024 class, Illinois has Merez Johnson, who is now the top in-state prospect. Uh, would have been even without James Brown transferring out of the state as James Brown fell and Marez Johnson continues to be there. I'm a big fan of his game, just ferocious. Uh, defensively, I think he's going to be really good. Rebounding going to be really good. I don't know if he's ever going to be a, a great shooter or, or scorer, but um, gives me some Musa Diabate vibes, which I think is a really good thing. But are they going to add anybody else in this class of 2024? It seems like it's been a little bit more quiet, um, though we have seen you know them be involved with some 2024 guys. So any names to know in that class as we really start to heat it up this summer? There are some names to know in terms of just bona fide got to have them targets. I don't know that they really have one of those right now. And and it's different because even last year we were talking about, you know, they dive in head first on Imani Hansberry and they want him so bad. And, and let's see if how that plays out throughout the summer and in the peach jam and everything. And I don't think they necessarily have that guy. And it's totally different than obviously two, three, four, five years ago when you're hosting, you know, you bring in Io DeSumo and then the next week you bring in Taylor Horton Tucker and you just have like a bunch of, of guys that you, you host in that class. And it, it becomes a huge push the next three or four months, because as you look at it, I think on one end of the spectrum, you're going to have a lot of spots open up. I mean, you're going to lose Terrence and Coleman and Damask and Gary a and Harmon. And then maybe somebody transfers. I mean, everybody, every off season, they've had at least multiple guys transfer. So that could happen. Um, and all you have right now is Merez coming in 24. But I, I think they still want to have flexibility for the portal because, number one, it helps you get older immediately. you got proven guys in college. And the COVID year uh, is still one more cycle of those guys that were playing as freshmen. You think about Coleman as a senior this year. He was a freshman the year of, of 2021. That was the COVID year, the free year. Uh, you're going to have a, another batch of guys that still have another season uh, that can hit the portal and go anywhere. So I think you want that flexibility in the portal. So I, I think that you want this class to be pretty small. That's along the lines of what I've heard. But in terms of the guys to name, Mikey Lewis is someone that they offered back in the spring, was one of the top scorers on the EYBL circuit. He's from uh, the West Coast, played for Seattle Rotary, the EYBL team uh, up there in, in the Northeast, uh, Northwest, I should say. Uh, Chester Frazier's got involved. Uh, they offered. He's talked about wanting to take a visit to Illinois at some point. Um, that's one that, I mean, he's, he's a top 75, top 100 guy. Uh, he, he's pretty good scorer combo guard. Uh, I think that that's 
that's an area that you kind of look for with him. Uh, another name, Larry Johnson, is one they just offered. Uh, Larry Johnson is uh, obviously not the the rim rocking guy from the Charlotte Hornets back in the day. Um, Charlotte Hornets starter jacket shout out. But uh, who's um, on that team? You got Muggsy, you got Jamal Mashburn, Larry Johnson, uh, Kendall Gill, Kendall Gill, yeah. Vladdy was on that team. Uh, but that was after the Kobe trade. So that was after those guys. So never Alonzo Mourning. Alonzo Mourning. Yeah. Yeah. It's a fun team, man. It was a fun team. But yeah, Larry Johnson, fun player. One of the top standouts at the Pangos All-American camp recently. A lefty that's good athlete, can score it. He's from out on the West Coast. Uh, Illinois just got him in the mix there. They just got him in the mix for Jackson McAndrew, who's a 6'8", six, 6'9", six, skilled forward out of Minnesota. Uh, he's taking recent officials to Xavier and uh, I think he's going to Creighton as well. So I, I want to also mention another name, uh, Michael Robinson. He's six foot six, plays for Oak Hill Academy, uh, plays AAU down in Texas. That's where he lives. But uh, he's taking an official to TCU. He told me earlier this week that he's looking to visit <laughs> Illinois among some other uh, schools as well. Chester in on that. Chester's really working hard in 24. Uh, he's on a lot of these guys. So um, I think that as you look at it from a need standpoint, I think a skilled forward type of big guy to go with Amani and Merez would yeah. be uh, and Dane would be a, a fit because you have some physicality there. You got some rebounding and, and all of that, but you you lack some shooting in that front court. And that's something that with a guy like McAndrew that they might look at. And then on the wing where you're going to lose Terrence, you'll lose Damask. Uh, if you want to consider Gary A and that kind of three, four mix really outside. I mean, and you only got one more year to Luke Goody too. You could use a, a big guard or a wing that could come in and especially shoot it. I know that Chester had a, a tweet about uh, net strippers that he had to he had to clarify just in case anybody got confused. But uh, they want shooting for sure. I think anybody that knows basketball knew what he was talking about, but it was a it was a funny comment. Um, all right, Derek, twenty twenty five. I know it's way too early to be thinking about that because there's the roster is going to change a lot. But I do have my scholarship chart open, and it's like, oh, there could be half the roster open. Um, in, in that season because you know you're obviously losing coleman terrence damask Harmon, Garrier this year and then danger and goody potentially and then more attrition potentially after that but uh it's, it should be a bigger prep class potentially if they want to go that route uh depending on how they want to balance with uh transfers but they can now talk to those guys uh they've contacted 2025 prospects the last couple of days it's early but who should we know in, in that 2025 class i think the names that a lot of people know uh jeremiah fears uh, that's one yesterday he tweeted about taking a fish, uh, not an official, an unofficial visit to Illinois next week. Uh, Illinois was one of the many, many schools to reach out to him. He's, he's a very talented guard that can shoot it uh, different than his brother, Jeremy, and that you know Jeremy more of a, a tough, strong bully ball type of point guard that's athletic and bouncy. Je Jeremiah is more slender, uh, not as as explosive, but can really shoot it. Uh, Illinois going to be in the mix there. It's going to be interesting as it boils down. Will what happened to the, the late in the recruitment with Jeremy? Will that affect things with Jeremiah? And that Illinois kind of pulled back. It seemed like things were trending their way. He ends up going to Michigan State, uh, but he's a he's a talented guy out of Joliet that's now uh, playing Sunrise Christian. Uh, you also have Phoenix Gill that a lot of people are familiar with. Uh, Kendall's son that uh, had a nice showing, St. Ignatius at the state semifinal uh, in a game against Simeon, put up. 20 plus points and going to see him this weekend at Riverside Brookfield looking forward to get a updated eval on him and how he looks. They've reached out to him. They're really like the, the one 
high major big player for him right now. I think a lot of people, even if they liked him, probably say, well, if he's good enough for us, he's going to go to Illinois. So uh, that's one of those that you probably won't see a ton of other I mean, Big Ten schools or big schools get involved with him because of that fact. Um, I, I, in terms of newer names, maybe uh, Alex Alston plays for Kenwood. Can I, tell you Can I tell you a story about him? Yeah. So I went and saw uh, Ty Rogers play against uh, Kenwood, which was that that loaded team with, with several you know, day day Ames was on that team. Um, went and saw them, but I saw the sophomore game beforehand. There's like this six 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 seven kid uh, that looks like he should be playing the post, just popping threes and making them. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna write that kid's name down. It was Alex Austin. And yeah, he, he turns into a high major prospect, but like he was a freshman at the time. I'm like, oh, that kid's that kid's really interesting just because of the length and his ability to make shots. And obviously shot makers that are that long, because um, he could be a rim protector too, would be really interesting. Yeah, he can really shoot it. It was size, like you said, 6'8", 6'9", now, Macker and Fire, Kenwood guy. Uh, they've been in the mix for him and, and reached out to him yesterday. So uh, that's one to watch. And another guy that will be at Riverside Brookfield, I'll be able to get eyes on. Uh, this weekend uh in terms of shoot for the moon and and i know everybody i, I feel like every mailbag i get asked when's illinois gonna get a five star i don't, I don't know uh, i think they got the chance to get one but it, it might be a while uh koa pete he's a guy that his dad i forget his first name but he's from champagne went to champagne central played football at northern illinois he is like a top 10 player in the country has been a standout for the usa team the under 16 that uh, is playing this summer and I mean he's a he's a beast he's probably in that six seven six eight range he's built really well athletic and shoot it he, he's a do-it-all pro level type of of talent that is now on the west coast he lives in Arizona but his dad is from Champaign he's had other siblings that have played athletics have not gone to Illinois or anything like that so you wonder what that connection really is or how much you know the connection but like the pull back to Illinois like Kylan Boswell is, is obviously his grandfather uh, played football at Illinois. So you kind of had that uh, that was at least putting you in the mix or helping you there. I, I don't know that Illinois has that with Koa Pete, but uh, he was one that they reached out to, uh, obviously uh, among a million other schools. But I mean, he's he's a big time player. I'm just wondering, Derek, nowadays, and this may change once the COVID years are, are out because teams aren't going to be able to be as old. But with all this transferring, all this, like, what is I know we're so focused on five stars and in football, we're so focused on four stars. But what is the I wonder what the ratio is of these five stars going far in tournaments like the, these teams are by because because Duke obviously has had some success with it. Kentucky has not recently. Alabama obviously did not last year. Um, Arkansas has had some success there, but you only get them for one year and they're usually going through some some ups and downs. So. I think the 30 through 60 range is kind of where I'd love to live or 30 through 80 or whatever it is, because man, you could have those guys for three or four years. The issue for Illinois lately is, is keeping those guys yes, in, yes. in your program and retaining them. Um, because man, if, if, if you were able to keep some of these guys, I know some of them out, but if, if you're able to keep these guys, I, I think that's where you can really shine. Uh, it's where Michigan State's really shine. Yeah, I mean, before the one-time transfer rule went into effect, living in that 30 to 60 range was – I mean, it was really good for Illinois. I mean, Io and Kofi, you got three years out of both of those guys versus you look kind of as like a comparable player. I mean, I mentioned Taylor Horton Tucker earlier. He was a one-and-done at Iowa State. Uh, same year, Romeo Langford went to Indiana, same year as Io. They got him for a year. 
And this is not to say I would not, I, I don't want to recruit five stars. Yeah. yeah. Because you can find a Jalen Hood Shafino and we see how that works out well. Yeah, 100%. I mean, you would take that type of a talent. And if you can blend it well, if you can get yeah. either guys that you've had mature through your program, you've got some vets. Um, like obviously Indiana last year had Trace Jackson Davis. I know they didn't go where they wanted to ultimately go, but uh, or or Arkansas's kind of path is we're going to recruit five stars, but then we're also going to be huge players in the portal. So have some experience with the portal and then get some five star talents as well. But I mean, look at Michigan, look at the type of talents that Juwan has brought in via high school and they just don't stick. I mean, they don't stick there long enough because they go to the pros, whether it's Caleb Houston, Diabate, they got Buffkin for two years. Really, it was only one year of, a, of an impact. So that's kind of been a Jet Howard. It's been a tough thing for Michigan to do as well. I'm not, and again, like what you said, we're not doing a pound our fist on the table for let's not get five stars. But uh, there is kind of that dynamic of you're probably only going to have them for a year. And But to be fair, I know that there's going to be people out there that immediately say, well, you only had Jaden Epps for a year and you only had Sky Clark for a year and you only had – that's right. Brandon Podjemski for a year. I, I get it. I mean, it's hard to keep freshmen in general. I don't think you want to live on. Like, I, I think the days of living on that, you've seen Duke pivot. Like, they, they still get five-star prospects, but they have supported them with these older guys. They've gone after older transfers to, to support them a little bit. Uh, I think that's the key. If you're going to get those level of players like Arkansas has. Like, Arkansas is like, yeah, sure, Anthony Black and, and Nick Smith, but we're going to go get these other really talented transfers like Ricky Council that, that probably are going to be our best players and then you elevate them to a, to another level, and hopefully you can be hitting your stride late in the season. And Arkansas really wasn't a great team last year, right? I mean, they were in the, what the eight or nine seed. I mean, and then they they lose in the second round, so uh, they didn't live up to the expectations that they had, even with all those talented freshmen, potentially two lottery picks. So it's it just, I, I the point was, I don't think a five star means all of a sudden the team has arrived. Like I, I think an Io Desumu for two or three years is, is more than um, one five-star for one year. Yeah, right. I mean, look at Kentucky this offseason. Kentucky has the number one recruiting class in the country, and you can tell times have changed because Kentucky fans are freaking out. Well, number one, they have like seven scholarship players, maybe eight now, but uh, they know that the mold of just bringing in a, a bunch of five-stars and, and trying to make that be a, a Final Four type of team, it, it hasn't happened in a long time. I think that the Duke – Tyus Jones, Justice Winslow, Jaleel Okafor team was really the last team that was really built on freshmen that won it all. And that was like 11 years ago or 12 years ago. It's been a long time. I know Kentucky had another one with Anthony Davis. When you get that type of a of a talent, that's going to be able to help you. But you got to have the the experience. And when you have – you got the guys playing fifth years. I mean, you got 23, even sometimes 24-year-olds playing in college. That's hard for 18-year-olds for to go up against uh, and – yeah, it's just it's it's more transfer heavy, and, and you got to be able to blend that too. So uh, you, you'd love to have a, a talent that is that that big um, to be able to come in and, and get a five star for a year, but uh, you you can't just rely on that. And that, it shows the pivot of, of some of these teams uh, trying to go with the the transfer route as well, and just not relying on it because it, it hasn't paid off for somebody big time in a while. Yeah, and the last one Illinois got was was D Brown, and I mean, I think he's the only one of the recruiting era, right? Like, so it's not like this is this is like the expectation for Illinois basketball. It's really, you know, for football. Like, they got Regis Ben and Martez Wilson in one class, but those are the only two. Like, it's it's very rare that that they land them. They're hard to get, 
they're really hard to get. And I think, I think it's got to be someone you have a relationship with Derek. I think it's got to be someone that, um, you know, maybe a local, but I, I think for Illinois, but I, I think getting a Merez Johnson in your program is, is huge. I, I think he could be a great foundational piece for you moving forward. And I, I don't think just because he doesn't have a fifth star that I'm, I'm less excited about him. Yeah, right. Definitely. I mean, if, if he had what he had and he could also, you know, shoot the three, then he's a pro and he's only going to be there for a year. Uh, but I, I would take him for three years if he is, uh, you know, just a little bit less of a, a polished offensive player and is going to give you what he gives you for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's been teams that are not traditional powers in basketball that have gotten five star talents. Like, like Rutgers has the, like the number two player in the country committed to them right now. I mean, we saw obviously Ben Simmons, LSU. That was a connection, like you said that you could probably you probably need to be able to to pull that in but yeah i mean if you can get Merez for 3 years you got Iowa for 3 years you got Kobe for 3 years you can have Ty Rogers for 3 years those those type of players help you not only win for one year but multiple years and and that that helps you get older too and and have some you know all big 10 maybe even all american types that we've seen if you're just a a freshman it's hard to hard to be that good of a player I guess I forgot Sky Clark was technically a five-star recruit when he committed, but that was a relationship, right? It didn't work out. Didn't work out. Jeremy Richmond didn't work out. He was a five-star fellow to a four-star too. Um, but yeah, some of them don't work out, but that, that was based on relationships are getting in incredibly early uh, in on a recruit. So I, I think we covered that. Anything else, Derek, that, that people should know about Illinois basketball? I feel, I feel like we, we already need games to start with this team. It's too bad you can't have like exhibition games throughout the summer. I think I read an article recently that uh, the NCAA is going to consider whether that's something that they will allow. Like, imagine like Illinois, Illinois and West Virginia doing battle in in July. Now I don't know if it'd be on TV or people could actually see it. Right. it. It might be one of those closed scrimmages, which really doesn't do too much value for the the fan and the consumer. But uh, yeah, we need something. Uh, I think buzz will start to trickle out here soon on what off-season workouts look like. And yes, all of that stuff is 90 to 95% always positive and maybe sometimes exaggerated a little bit. So you got to I, I try to sift that as best as possible and give you the the best lowdown that I can, but uh but if Brad Underwood really wants to calm his fans nerves about their team, like and and I don't want to say these, you know, 10% who think Illinois is not making the tournament, maybe they end up right. Like if if the absolutely worst things happen. But I think this team is going to be pretty good um but I, I think you should hold an open practice in in july or august right before a football game or september right before a football game and, and show them hey we have terrence shannon coleman hawkins these other guys look pretty good we're very high on ty rogers and, and you love sincere harris we love sincere harris we expect them to take steps forward do that right Let, let's get these these guys out in front of people and have uh luke goody strip some nets how about that <laughs> Yeah, no, I think that's a great idea. Uh, you are going to have, like you mentioned, the Spain foreign trip. I believe I couldn't. Re I was over there in Italy. Did, were those games streamed at all? I, I know streaming's a little bit more advanced than it was maybe in 2019, but I don't think so. I wonder if that'll be in the mix uh, this or uh, this August. That could be something that uh, could calm some nerves. If hey, you know. Ty Rogers looks great on the ball as a point guard in that type of a sense. If, if Nicola Moretti looks more further advanced than, than people would have expected. But yeah, I mean, I'm all for let's do it before the, uh, I guess maybe the, that'd be early morning before the Penn state game. Uh, yeah. The, the big noon kickoff. Although people might want to go over and see Reggie Bush and 
Matt Leinard and Urban Meyer in person. They'll be on campus, right? That's how they do that. Or are they in studio? I would hope they're on campus, but uh, we still got to figure that out. But yeah, or, or do it before the Toledo game, man. It's a primetime game. That's true. That's true. Bring people over to the State Farm Center or something right before it. Yeah, right. I like that idea. Derek Piper, you're the goods, man. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. Always fun. Great stuff, as always, from Derek Piper. He'll be at Riverside Brookfield this weekend checking out some of Illinois' high school targets. He'll have a recruiting board for the class of 2024 up on the site as well at IlliniInquire.com. Thank you to all of the new members who signed up over the last few weeks, taking advantage of that 60% off deal. Uh, more than 50 has signed up. So really appreciate you guys and uh, want to take care of you and give you the best insight into Illinois athletics. So we will continue to work hard doing that. I'll have a mailbag up later this week. You can weigh in on that in the VIP board and you can check out my pretty loaded Illinois football recruiting lounge uh, on the site. And we'll have more on Illinois football recruiting as we move forward here into the weekend and in the next week as well. Everybody, thank you for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get our podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Give us a follow over there. Subscribe to us. Hit the notifications bell and like any of the videos that you see over there. We appreciate all the help there. And uh, I think you've noticed our, our socials uh, have been a little bit more active. Our YouTube's been a little bit more active. It's because we've added a producer here, Isaac Ambrose. Some of you may know that name. Uh, he's he's uh, podcast with my boy, Mike Carpenter, before. Uh, he's worked at uh, ESPN 93.5 before. Uh, Uh, But he's brought a lot of talent over on that side. So I want to shout out uh, Isaac Ambrose, who's joined our team uh, as well at Illini Inquiry. He's made us a lot better. So thank you, Isaac. Appreciate you, man. Been awesome. But everybody, have a great day. Have a great weekend. Take care of each other. And we'll talk to you next time right here on the Illini Inquiry podcast. Bye, everybody. Sonic the Hedgehog, a new hero arrives. I am ready. Is there anyone stronger? No. Tougher? No. Funnier? I do not make jokes. I make warriors. Knuckles, now streaming only on Paramount+. Plus. Yes!